discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same, we are constant. God is constant, God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boati. Hallelujah. Sometimes the waves of life hits you. And you wonder, Hey, have I believed in the right thing? You have believed in the right thing. You have. You have. You will win. Yes. You only win. Hallelujah. You may kindly take your seats in the heavenly places. If you have any questions, you can ask. And I will answer it for you. Any question at all? You can ask about what I've said or about another thing. Yeah, a hand is up over there. You have to ask quickly so that we can answer it quickly for you, okay? Yes, sweetheart, how are you? Fine, thank you. Beautiful. And thank you, Pastor. And um, please, in John 16, verse 23, it says that um, if when we are praying, we should ask the Father in the name of Jesus. But then in John 14, verse 13 to 14. It says, And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do it, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. In the Amplified, it says that if you ask me anything in my name. So I'm wondering, are we supposed to ask the Father or we are supposed to ask Jesus? One is confession, one is prayer. One is confessions, one is prayer. The one in John 16 is prayer. You pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. Okay, so go back, go back to that one. John 16, 23. And at that day you shall ask me nothing. Jesus, you shall ask me nothing. And that's the truth. We don't ask Jesus in the name of Jesus. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatever you shall ask the Father in my name, he, the Father, will give it to you. So we ask, this is prayer. You ask the Father, prayer is asking the Father in the name of Jesus. Do you see? That is the will of God when it comes to prayer. In First John chapter, chapter 5, Verse um, 16. Look at First John 5.16. Uh, go to 14, rather. 14, right? First John 5.14. And this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Do you see? Next verse. Verse 15. And if we know that he hears us, what's our we ask? We know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. So, verse 14 says, if we ask anything according to his will, what is, the, what is asking according to God's will? Is it that you must find out whether this thing that you are coming to ask for is God's will for you before you ask for it? Is it God's will for me to have food? So, you ask God, is your will for me to ask food? Is your will? Okay, now, can I, can I have food? That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about asking according to his will with respect to asking. There's a will of, that God has a will concerning how to ask. And that's what is written in John 16. Okay? So you ask the Father in the name of Jesus whatsoever you desire. That's prayer. Hallelujah. 
But then apart from that, there's confessions. There are different kinds of prayers. There's the prayer of confession, the prayer of faith. Making statements in the name of Jesus. Okay? It's called making confessions to his name. That's in Hebrews. Hebrews chapter... Hebrews 13, 15. Look at it. Let's look at it. It says, By him therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Have you seen it? It says, By him therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. The word thanks here is confessions. It's not thanksgiving. It's actually confessions. Confession. Making confession. You can check it. You'll see it. You can check it in the, in the Greek. If you don't have my sword or e-sword, you, ha- you have to have it. Or you can have a Bible app on your phone called my sword. It's not on um, Play Store, Apple Play Store or any of those things now. So someone has to send that to you. What does it say? Homologio. Aha. Uh-huh. Yes. Homologio means saying the same thing. Homo means the same. Logio or logia is language, saying the same speech. Do you understand? I think that probably the Amplified will help us a little bit. Do not forget or neglect to do notes. 15, please. Through him, therefore, let us constantly and at all times offer up to God a sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of lips that, that, thankfully, acknowledge, that thankfully acknowledge and confess and glorify his name. Have you seen it? At least he brought the confess in there. Uh-huh. So what he's saying is that your, your words, you can speak words in his name. You can make statements in the name of Jesus. And that was what Jesus was saying. That whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. Which is confessions. Back to um, 1 John chapter 14. I hope I'm answering your question. Yes. 14, chapter 14 rather. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do. He didn't say whatsoever you shall ask the Father. Whatsoever you shall ask. Whatsoever you shall, you shall say in my name, that will I do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. Do you see? Go back to 13. F, 12 rather. Verse 12, please. Very, very, I say unto him that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than this shall he do, because I go unto the, my Father. And whatsoever you shall ask, next verse, whatsoever you shall ask, in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. This is confessions. Making confessions in His name. Joel, do you understand? Uh-huh. Making confessions what? In His name. So, for instance, um, Mark chapter 11, verse 23. Look at Mark 11, 23. Look at 24. Therefore I say unto you, whatsoever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. It says, whatsoever you desire. Do you see? Meaning that when you are praying, I mean, whatever you desire for in your prayer, God, does, God says you answer. So, the one in First John chapter 5, verse 15, well, verse 14 rather, where we read, has nothing to do with um, asking something according to the will of God. Because if that is true, then this one is not true. Please, you understand? That one has to do with asking according to the will of God with respect to asking, which is asking the Father in the name of Jesus. So sometimes you go to some places and they pray and they say, they end the prayer with Adum Nunti. You didn't pray. 
you just spoke into the air. What's Adum Ninti? Adum Ninti is because of the grace. No, that is, that is, wrong, that is wrong prayer. You don't pray in the name of grace. Who is, that? who is grace? There's a name for the one who is grace. His name is Jesus Christ. Please, you understand? So you, pray, you start your prayer by saying, Father, thank you, Father. You address the Father, you say what you want to say, and then you end in the name of Jesus. You don't address Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I corrected you some years ago, you remember? Thank you, Lord Jesus, for all that you have done for us. We are grateful. We are thankful for all that you are doing. Thank you for your blessings, even in Jesus' name. Amen. You didn't pray. You didn't pray. Hello? Offside. I tell you. If you've been praying like that, you have been born offside all the time. That is why you are struggling. You pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. Okay? Jesus' name is an instrument and a channel through which you connect your prayer. You pray to the Father in the name. That is the will of God with respect to asking. If you don't ask according to that, you have gone off. And if you ask, you can ask, you can say, Father, thank you for your blessings. Thank you for all that you are doing for us. We give you praise. We give you glory because of the grace. Amen. You didn't pray. Your prayer was not heard because you didn't pray in Jesus' name. When you pray in Jesus' name, you stand in the place of Jesus and make the request. That's what you do. And his name is the reason why you are accepted. Not because of grace. Which grace? Adum Nunti. No, it's wrong. You are off. I know a number of people who pray like that. There, there are some co- congregations. There are whole denominations who pray like that. It's not supposed to be like that. That's why some of them struggle for a long time. And don't get some things done. You pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. And you can make confessions in the name of Jesus. We are advancing in the name of the Lord Jesus. We are going forward in the name of the Lord Jesus. Just as you advance Moses and Aaron, thank you, Father, that you are advancing me. Even in Jesus' mighty name. You are making confessions in his name. You are asking for something to be done in his name. That's, you are not addressing the Father. Because you are not addressing the Father, you can talk big. You can talk anyhow. You are making confessions. Do you see? I'm a victor. I keep going higher and higher and higher. In the name of the Lord. That's why we always say, in the name of the Lord Jesus. It's not because uh, you are making confessions in his name. You don't just make confessions, you make confessions in his name. We are not preaching um, metaphysics or preaching new age. Because in new age, you can make a confession, a positive confession, and something will happen. We, don't, we are not new age people. We are Christians. We make confessions in someone's name. His name is Jesus Christ. So we make confessions in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Have I, have I answered you? Beautiful. Yeah. Yes, there's another hand over there. I hope you heard all that I said before this, these questions. Did you hear what I said? It's important. Too. It's from the Spirit to you. Yes, it is from the Holy Spirit to you. So you have to be very smart. Okay? Yes. What you are doing, what you are doing, take it to the ends of the world. Decide that you are going to take it to the end. Let it go. Decide that you are going to get dollars. Plenty dollars out of it. Pounds. Euros. Yes. Decide that you, you want to even uh, uh, do makeup for the queen, the queen of England. Yeah. Decide. There is nothing too hard for the Lord. It can be done. And pursue it. Do you see? Pursue. Whatever it is you are. I don't want us to be uh, local champions. 
local champion, whatever you do, it doesn't, it doesn't leave the shores of Ghana. It's always here. Even Ghana cries just in a certain pocket in Accra, Agoba. The name is not even Agoba. You have to be angry to say it. Agoba. Hallelujah. Ask your question right there. Thank you, Pastor. And please, I wanted to ask um, about sight. We are supposed to give 10% of our sight. So is it... Um, 10% of what we get. Of what we get. So what we get, like if you're, you're somebody that gets a monthly salary, is it supposed to be your gross or your net salary? Like 10% of your gross or your net salary? This question is always a difficult one to answer. But it's very simple to answer. It is your gross, not your net. Because your gross, you are paid, uh, if they give you 2000 as gross, and you take 1600 as net home, the 400 they tax some of it. Some of them is social security for you, and then some other things. It's all still for you. So it's still your money. I don't know if you get it. You were paid two thousand. You just took home thousand six. So pay the two, pay the two hundred cities and be happy. Or else, when you in your old age, when you get your snitch money, you have to tight off all of it as soon as you get it. When you, if it's two, two million Ghana, when you get it, you take two hundred thousand. You are going to give it to God. If you can do that, fine. If you don't want to give it small, small. Yeah. So all that is all that is for is for the Lord, and you have to be truthful with it. If you give it to God, you'll be surprised. Don't, don't argue with God with respect to tithes. It shows your heart what kind of a person you are. Oh, let me, let me keep it. Let me do You can keep it. It's, not, it's up to you. <laughs> yeah. It's not supposed to be like that. Give out of your, your heart. Give it to the Lord. And the Lord will preserve you. You'll be surprised. Bishop Oedipo says, if you want gross blessings, tie to your gross. If you want net blessings, tie to your net. It's as... Yeah. As simple as that. Gross blessings, tie to your gross. Net blessings, tie to your net. And when you fight, fighting is an act of faith. Okay? Don't just depart with your money. I don't know why you like departing with your money without making a demand on it. You must make a demand on your fight. God says, give it and see if I will not bless you. So when you give it, tell God, God, I've given it to. I thank you for the blessings. This month will be my best month ever. Just about, um, I think on Monday, I was thinking about 10,000. I said, it would be nice to get 10,000 this week. I was just thinking about it. It would be nice to get 10,000. I didn't tell anybody. I just thought of it. It would be nice to get 10,000 this week. I got 10,000. Yes. And I've tied, I've tied, when it comes now, I'm giving. Yes, someone gave me 2,000, 200 is gone. Someone gave me uh, 3,000, another person gave me 5,000, the tithe is gone. I made a vow to give a certain amount of money when Prophet Achu was preaching. Okay, I said I was going to give 10,000. So I've started, I've given up to 7,000, it's left with 3,000, I'm going to give the rest of 3,000 and I'm done. So the 10,000 that came, I gave 7,000 to that and kept 3,000 for something else. I'm waiting for the other 3,000 to come so I can give it. Yeah, I made a violence all night. Oh, yes. We go do them. So Anna, I mean, it's a hard thing. If you if you deal with God along that line, if you start dealing with God along that line, you will start seeing His blessings. You'll be surprised. You'll be surprised that you can have control by a certain amount. Some monies can come to you very easily. 
You'll be there, uh, someone will call you, oh, I, I just feel like giving this to you. Or a business deal has come. And you are the one to call. You see, don't, when we talk about giving and receiving, don't only think about receiving with respect to someone calling and giving you something. For free. It's not always like that. Do you understand? It comes through your work as well. So a business deal that you w- wouldn't have come to, will come to you. When you're giving your tithe, give your tithe with those things in mind. That this month, some, something will happen. Something must happen. Some money must come from somewhere. Yesterday, I was being told that four prices have gone higher. It's now 6.99. It's now seven cities, basically. They're just deceiving us. 6.99. With seven cities. I said, hey, hey, serious. Then we were discussing. He was there. We're like, we have to rise up above all these things. Just as we were talking... One of them decided to buy, they were taking my car somewhere. I was giving him money to buy four in my car. He said, oh no, Pastor, I'll buy, I'll buy the four. He bought four like something, two and three hundred cities or something like that for me. Yeah, that is part of the blessings of God that I've received by virtue of giving my tithe and doing those things. I don't forget it. Yeah, sometimes it comes in, in the form of food. Food. You'll be there, someone, plenty food. I've had plenty food in my house. It's, it's even going, it's getting spoiled. I have to distribute some to some people. Yeah. Sorry? You come to come. If you come, you, you receive something good. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Uh-huh. So start dealing with God. Like, open up your heart. Open up yourself to God with respect to those things. And you'll be surprised. It's a blessing. Any other question? Any other question? Yes. Daddy, please, I want to know where in prayer... I want to know where the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit falls, because sometimes when you are praying, you go directly like, "Thank you, Holy Spirit, for all that you have done for me." Instead of saying the Father, I want to know if that one too is also the right place. The Holy Spirit is there for fellowship. The Holy Spirit is there for what? For fellowship, and because He's there for fellowship, we can ask things from Him as well. You see, don't don't be confused with respect to the Trinity. There's one God. We have only one God. We don't have three gods. There's one God. That one God is expressed in three persons for the purpose of administration and our relating with Him. So, He's expressed in the form of, in the, in the person of the Father, who is a Father to us, who is fatherly. Do you see? Uh-huh. God is judge of the universe, He's judge of all. But that God is a father to us. Please, you understand? Uh-huh. So, you can relate with him as a father. Then, that father has a son. His word is his, is, became his son. And that son is called Jesus Christ. The son existed as a word before. He was not a son before. He was a word of God. So, in the Old Testament, you never see the son. Do you see? But in the New Testament, he comes. The father was the one who is, was expressed mostly in the Old Testament. Okay? And then in the New Testament, we see uh, the sun on the scene. Like I said, it's all for the purpose of administration. When we say administration, bringing God to us. Administration has to do with bringing something to you. Now, what the Godhead does is to bring God to us in, in a way that we can relate with. Because you can't, the creator of the universe, you can't, how are you going to relate to him? How are you going to talk to him? You can't. In order, it's like, 
trying to relate with a with a with a church fly. That is with a with a with a termite. You see these small small termites that show up in our home and eat our sugar. Have you seen them? How can you relate with them? If you want to have a conversation with them, how will you have the conversation with the, the church fly, the the ant? How? Even a touch can kill that. Can kill it very. Just a, a touch. In a, if you are not careful, you just kill it. Is it true? Uh-huh. To be able to relate with, with that ant, you need to change to suit the ant's circumstances. Do you see? Uh-huh. And the father came, in, came as the son to us in order for us to be able to relate with him. Someone who was, like a human, was a human being and could move around and all of that and died on the cross and all to save us. Now, after the son had finished his, his aspect of administration, he left the scene and then the Holy Spirit came. For what purpose? The Holy Spirit came so that we can relate with the father and with the son. Through fellowship with him. So the, the Holy Spirit is there for fellowship. The Father is there for us to ask. The Son is there for us to ask in, the, in, in, in his name. And the Holy Spirit is there for us to relate with. For God to be communicated to us. Hallelujah. So the Holy Spirit. So if you read in 1 Corinthians. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 14. Look at 2 Corinthians 13 14. It says the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. The love of God. And the communion or the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Amen. So, he says grace comes from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Love comes from, the, from God the Father. And fellowship comes from the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is there for fellowship. As you fellowship with the Holy Spirit, you're actually fellowshipping with the Godhead. Because we are called into fellowship with the Godhead. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 19. Verse 9, sorry. 1 Corinthians 1 9 says that, 1 Corinthians 1.9. Look at 1 Corinthians 1.9. God is faithful. By whom you are called, you were called unto the fellowship of the Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. So we've been called into fellowship with the Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. How do you fellowship with Jesus Christ? Do you understand fellowship? Fellowship is communication, talking, chatting, relating, befriending, relaxing with, enjoying the company of. God wants us to enjoy the, His company and relax with Him. And be a part of our lives. How does He do that? Through the Holy Spirit. First John 1 John 1.1, that which we have seen, that which we have heard, that which our hands have handled, of the word of life, that which was the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled, of the word of life. Next verse. For the life was manifested, and we have, we, we have seen it, and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. Next verse. That which we have seen and, and heard declare we unto you, that you may also have fellowship with us. Then he says, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. Have you seen it? So we are called into fellowship with the Father and called into fellowship with the Son, Jesus Christ. Now, that fellowship that we have with the Father and with the Son is inside the fellowship with the Holy Spirit. As you fellowship with the Holy Spirit, you automatically fellowship with the Father and with the Son. So the Holy Spirit has a special role in your life and that role is fellowship. In fellowship, if, I'm, if you're my friend, can't I ask you something? Can't I ask something from you? Can't I say, oh, can, you, can you buy this for me? So in fellowship, you can ask the Holy Spirit for various things. That is why we, some, some of us talk like that. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you have done for me. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. Now, as you relate to the Holy Spirit like that, you are actually relating with the Father and with the Son. Because the, the fellowship of the Father and the Son are in the Holy Spirit. Do you get it? So it's like a one-stop shop. If you relate with Him, you're actually relating with the Father and the Son. You don't need to develop a special relationship with the, with the Son and a special relationship with the Father. No. Develop a special relationship with the Holy Spirit, you're actually relating with the Father and with the Son. Because the Holy Spirit does not speak of Himself. John 16, 13. Albeit when he, the Holy Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. Who is truth? 
Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. So he will guide you into Christ or into Jesus. For he shall not speak of himself. He shall not what? The Holy Spirit never speaks of himself. So if you are relating with the, if you are fellowship with the Holy Spirit, you will never hear him talk about himself. There are people he talks about. He says, he shall not speak of himself, but whatever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. What shall he hear that he will give to you? He will hear what he hears with the Father and with the Son, he will show to you. Next verse. He shall glorify me. So the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to glorify Jesus. If you are relating to the Holy Spirit, the end result is that you will see Jesus magnified and glorified in your life. He is the only one who can explain who Jesus is to you. He's the only one who can explain who the Father is to you. Nobody can. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. Have you seen it? He shall receive of that which belongs to Jesus, and shall show it to you. And Prophet Adam came to tell us that what the things that belong to Jesus are not, uh, it's not uh, 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 only words. It's more than words. You remember? Yes. Glory, blessings, honor, power, all of that are things that belong to him. Next verse. He shall glorify him for he shall, not, he shall speak of mine and shall show it to, to you. Then he says, All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore said I that he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. So all that is taken of Jesus is actually for the Father. For, of the Father. I don't know if you get it. So he takes that which is of the Father and that which is of the Son and gives it to you. Shows it to you. Why? Because that which is of the Father is that which belongs to the Son. And that's what the Holy Spirit shows to you. So the Holy Spirit is the one-stop shop to relating with the Godhead. As you relate with him, you are relating with the Father, you are relating with the Son. Does it make sense? Yes. He is called the proceeding one. He is the one who proceeds from the Father. Okay? And hence, the only one who makes whatever belongs to the Father real in someone's life. Jesus is, the, is our first type of the life of God or the Son of God in flesh. The reason why you must read about Jesus is because without reading about, if you don't read about Jesus, you will not know how your life is supposed to function. When you read about Jesus, you will get to know how your life as a Christian is supposed to be like. How to talk. If you want to know how to talk as a Christian, read about Jesus. Read Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, especially John. If you want to know how to talk, read John. If you, know, if you want to know how to behave, read about Jesus. And the Holy Spirit will open your eyes to see more about him as you read concerning him. Does it make sense? But on a normal day, if you are asking, you ask the Father in the name of Jesus. In prayer. But in fellowship, I mean, you can ask anything because you are with the Spirit. Hallelujah. Have I answered you? Beautiful. Any other question? Yes. Last question and then we are done. Wow. I feel like I've learned too much since I came to church. Ask your neighbor, have you learned anything since you came today? Ask your neighbor, what have you learned so far? What have you learned so far? I want to hear you. Ask your neighbor, what have you learned so far? Hello? We married by faith. I got married in 2012. Our wedding was close to 70,000 Ghana cities in 2012. It was very expensive. Even 7,000 Ghana cities now is a lot of money. 2012, that's almost 10 years ago. It was more than 70,000 cities. But my money, my wife and I, myself, our money was not up to 20, maybe about 20,000 out of that. The rest came out of other places. When we got married, the money that we received as gifts was about 40,000 Ghana cities. Yes. Gifts. 
And we sold about 30,000 of that. Yes. We sold it. As a foundation for our marriage. Yeah. But when I get to my, we didn't have much. We used about a year to save. And we opened a joint account, which we still use now. Okay? We opened a joint account with Stanchat. Because I'm the man, even though she had more money than me, I was, I, I was paying 70%. I was doing, no, 65%. And she, she did 35%. Yeah, because I'm, I'm marrying her. So, if we are contributing 10,000, we, we try, we, we contribute 20,000. The 20,000, 65% of that money came from me. Yes, and 35% came from her. And we told our, our parents that this is what we can do. Our wedding, we can only host 200 people. If you add one person to it, it will be a problem. We can <laughs> We can only handle 200 people. It's finished. Because we've done our calculation. We are now starting life. We don't want problems. And when you're marrying, you don't cross to face the other person's parents. So my wife faces her parents, and I face my parents. No crossing. If she crosses to come and face my parents, it is, it is disobedience. It is disrespect. But when I face my parents, it is normal. It's family matters. Blood is thicker than water. No matter what, they cannot, they cannot, oh, you can sit down for two minutes. They cannot disown me. If they talk, I say, my, I'm, we are not doing it though. I can't do this one. Whatever extra thing you are going to do, bring money for it. If you are not bringing money, keep quiet. If you don't like my dress, and you want me to wear another dress, bring the money for another dress. It's as simple as that. So as I'm facing my people, she's also facing her people. Do you see? Uh-huh. One of the major problems was that the venue of reception was a problem. We wanted to do it. We did our, our reception at Conference Center. Conference Center Gardens. At that time, it was, it was very cheap. I think we paid 600 CDs at that time for it. It was very, very... Nobody knew that it was... At, when we did our wedding, then everybody realized that, hey, we can do a wedding here. So they started doing weddings there. Wedding receptions there. I think our wedding reception was one of the first there. It was very cheap. Now it's very expensive. So we said 600 Ghana seas. Another person in the family was saying that we should go for a place where we'll pay 25,000 Ghana cities. And I said, hey, 625,000. When I check my money, 600 is what we'll do. Well, we are doing 600. You see? So I tell my wife, we're cutting them, so Charlie, we can't pay. She says, I know, we can't pay. I said, go and face her. Go and face them. She says, no problem, I'll face them. Then she go and face this person. Ah, we are not doing what well, you know, shout this, 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 this. We'll not get it. Then the fa- her family people will call me and say, This is your wife, she's very stubborn, Paul. We are saying we should do this. I said, Oh, is that so? Yeah, yeah, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, it's what? Oh, yeah, ah, yeah. I'll talk to her. I'll talk to her. I'll talk to her and get back to you. Then I'll call my wife. Charlie, you are doing very well. Hey! Fight more. If they want us to do the 25,000, they should pay for it. We are not going to pay anything. Charlie, remember we have not finished paying for our rental. Remember we have not finished paying for this one. Remember we have not finished. He says, baby, don't worry. You will hear from me. You will hear from my lawyers very soon. Hey! Then she will call them and face them even more. Then they'll call me. What happened? I said, as I was talking, she's not even agreeing. I don't even know what to do. I don't know. 
Then they'll say, you must learn to control your wife. I'm, I'll say, I'm learning, I'm learning, I'm learning. Don't worry, it's fine. Yeah, that's how we sail through the thing. You don't... Yeah. It's a teamwork. Not now that we are married, we are fighting. I want, I want this kind of gown. You want this kind of gown? Buy it. Buy it. We can afford up to... I can afford 2000 for a gown. You want a gown that is worth 10000 Organize it. Do organization. Yeah, don't, don't, don't stress us out unnecessarily. The gown you wear it once. The, the, the gown my wife wore was bought by somebody from America. Do you see? Now, she wore it once. There are three other people in our church who have worn it. Three other people in our church. Whose weddings, they wore my wife's gown. They just took it and redesigned it sharp, sharp. The latest one, when I saw that, when I heard that it was down, I said, hey, are you serious? She said, oh, it was down. I said, hey, I'm surprised. Because it looks so different. They have redesigned something powerful. Why? Why are you stressing yourself? The, those three other people did not need to buy gowns. Their mother had a gown. They said, mommy, we are interested. He said, oh, feel free. Whatever you do to it. Oh, this one changed it. Well, it's very nice. Take pictures. <laughs> you don't know. Nobody knows. No one needs to know. After her, another one, another person. Oh, Papa, change it. Taking pictures. I was standing by her. She said, Pastor, I, I, I got no. <laughs> yeah. What are you stressing on? You want to buy uh, pigs? Is it pigs? Pistis. Pistis gown. How much is one? 20,000 and above. Minimum of 20,000. You don't have. Elders Anita can give me the price. Say you can give me the price. How much? How much is it now? The base price is thousand dollars. That's six hundred, six thousand seven, six thousand five hundred Ghana base price. That's base. That's white. There's nothing inside. It's plain, raw. Then they start adding things. Yeah, I tell you more than. <laughs> hey, no, Charlie, try. Tell the, tell the closest lady by you. Try, try. Let us be able to marry. Let us marry. Are <laughs> you see what I'm talking about? Yes. That's all. I've preached on five things to look out for when you are choosing a partner. Listen to those things, learn them, and then use them for yourself. Okay? Yes. Listen to them, use them. And you'll be married. Three keys to marrying as a, as, a, as a lady. If you want to marry as a lady. Three things. Number one. Number one key is what? Humility. 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 If you don't humble yourself, you can't marry. I tell you. If you don't humble yourself, nobody will marry you. You will not have a husband. You'll be surprised. Yes. You will not have a husband. You have to go down your horses. Yes. Do you understand? Yeah. Maybe you pay... 500 cities for a hair for hair every week humble yourself around don't let him know you pay 500 cities for your hair it is a secret when you marry then you reveal it to him Ta-da. Hmm. but don't be saying some of those things around hey do you know that my hair is 500 and so you ask, so what should we do what should i do you are scaring me no keep it as a just look nice look nice it's fine look nice but don't be declaring things. Hey, do you know that this shoe, I bought it from 
Max and Spencer. And it was $200. Hey. I went for a certain wedding. Someone was wearing a bra. Okay? And it was showing. And someone said, Oh, your bra is showing. Then he said, Ah, it is a $500 bra. It has to show. Yeah. You, you, are, you, are, you are at the wedding. You know it. Yeah, you are at the wedding. <laughs> he said, This is a $500 bra. So it's okay. It has to show. Hey. No, she, she just wanted to be able to declare. Like, like you are wearing something nobody knows about. So you have to say, undergarments, $500, one. What? That's her business. Hallelujah. Yeah, so, humility. Number two. How many of you want to know number two key for marrying as a lady? Humility. That's a second key. Humility. Number three. Humility. Three keys to marrying as a lady. Humility. Humility, humility, humility. Humble yourself. You will be married. You'll be surprised. Everybody will be shocked. If you've noticed. You see, me, I, when I went to school, when I went to university, eh, there were a lot of ladies in my class. We did chemistry. We weren't so many ladies. The ladies, there weren't so many ladies in my class. Maybe about 20, 25. With about 75 boys. The lady who was not pretty amongst them is the first person who got married. She was not pretty at all. But they will, everybody knows she's not pretty. She was the first to marry. Humility. She knows she's not pretty. So she has, she's humble. Oh, she was very humble. Uh, very cool. Very ready to accommodate. I mean, ready to, ready to move. Ready to mingle. The beautiful ones. Yeah. They want a certain kind of... Yeah. I know one who is married and is having all kinds of problems. Yeah, because she wanted a certain type of... Now she has gotten it and it's come with a lot of problems. Beatings. Do you know beatings? Like you are finished university but they are beating you. <laughs> you are finished university but they are beating you. I tell you. Papa, papa. Hey! It's not easy in the household. I tell you, only friend is television. You can't even relate to any guy. You can't relate to any, even your own friends. It's a problem. Yeah. Some people like that, so it's up to them. Really, you can enjoy yourself. Hallelujah. Last question. Daddy, thank you. Yeah. Um, so, my question is on love. <laughs> um, during camp, not before camp, um, I think during leaders' meeting, you are preaching and you say something that when you find yourself um, in a place, when, um, okay, in relation to church, if you love God so much, you wouldn't um, see church or you would love the things of God. So you won't be compelled to do the things of God because you love God. Um, I want to refer in Ruth. Ruth, it didn't state that she loved Naomi, but then she told Naomi, I mean, Opa decided to go, but she said to stay. A typical example of love. She said, entreat me not to leave you. Your God will be my God. My people will be your people. I don't know if Ruth had a purpose then, but then she, a purpose, but she wanted to be there for Naomi and to that she found Boaz. Um, staying in church has made us realize that when we talk about love, 
it goes beyond everything we see. It goes beyond the physical. It goes beyond everything. I mean, love is the understanding. Love is like the. I mean, the understanding of love has to get to a peak where certain things don't really move you. Another example was Jonathan and David. David. Um, um, was what? Jonathan and David. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Jonathan said he loved, okay, in the Bible it was written that he loved Jonathan like he loved his own soul. Another part also said he loved Jonathan more than the love he even had for women. So that means it goes beyond romantic. It goes beyond, I mean, it's a typical of agape. I want to Understanding that I like I have I have love for God, so I must have I, I must have love for the things that loving the things of God should come naturally because of the love I have for God. So that means purpose is found in this love. I know we marry based on purpose, not love, but and coming to a level where you understand that love is the ultimate, isn't it okay? Please correct me. If what I'm kind wrong. of love did we say we don't marry according to? Oh, it was. Uh -huh. When I when we mentioned, I said marriage is based on purpose. You marry based on purpose, not on love. And I defined the, the kind of love. Or oh, I didn't. You did. I did because uh, if you listen to all the things I was saying, I was telling you don't marry because of big bottoms, because of big breasts, because of large chest or whatever. All those things are physical things that you you fall in love with as a gentleman or as a lady. I mean. You may, you may only be looking at height, stature, none of that, without looking at purpose, where the person is going to. Do you see? Uh -huh. Agape is rooted in purpose. If you follow the will of God for your life, the unconditional love of God will show up. And you can't, you can't actually marry. You can't successfully stay in a marriage without agape. It's not going to work at all. You need to love your husband or your wife with that God kind of love. If you only look at eros, erotic love, romance, sex, it will not work. When was the last time you had sex with your wife? Hey, what is your problem? How about you? You can't answer. But I, I, what I'm trying to say is that how frequent is it? In a month, how, can, how many times will it happen? Oh, now she's pregnant, so it's a different state altogether. But so now that she's pregnant, I mean, I can't. <laughs> oh, bread. But how many, how many times in a month will it happen? Maybe about three times or four times. It is not much. It's not every day. That's what we are trying to say. He said two or three times. He needs counseling. Come and see me after that. No, I mean, it's not every day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you in the church? Yeah. yeah. It's not every like when you see each other now, you start removing your dress. <laughs> you see, these romance novels and these romance movies have deceived you. They are expressions of what people think love should be. That's what they think love should be. But none of them has that. No, nobody has. It's not like that. That is not what it was created for. Caesar style, it's, it's, it's non-existent. Caesar, Caesar. Aeroplane style. Bagum style. 
It doesn't exist. Hello? Yeah. All those things do not exist. So, the earlier you read your hearts of certain things, the better. Okay? The better. It doesn't exist. And what, what after all is said and done, it is how well you are able to stay with each other. That will matter. Yes. How well you are able to consider each other. You know, and be there for each other. That's what will matter. Yes. And your, what, what your aim is, what is, what is on you, the vision you have together. That's what keeps you. It's not big bottoms, big breasts, slim, slim person, big person. You can actually marry anybody in the house of God. You can. You can. Okay? So agape is very important. You can't, hey, that's what the God kind of, that's, that is it. Agape is what? It's purposeful. That's, that's, yes, John 3.16, that's agape. For God so loved all that is, he gave. That is it. If you love, you give. If you love according to the God kind of love, you give. You consider your wife. You consider your husband. You consider what he or she is saying. Oh, maybe I'm not doing it right. Let me do it. Let me change it for her. Let me do this for her. Let me do that for her. I don't know if you get it. Uh-huh. That's why I, I've, been, I've been saying this particular thing. Love language is actually not... It's not, it's not, it doesn't really exist like that. If you enter marriage with your set of things that you think should be done for you, it, when those things are done, it means that they love you. You are falling already. You are in the flesh. You are, you are already in the flesh. And you have put conditions down for, for us to know whether you, we love, you love or you don't love. It means that you have put up a law. And because you put up a law, we will have a problem. I don't know if you understand. Let's say you say that um, if you take me out frequently, then it means that you love me. Do you see? That's your love language. What if the conditions are not allowing for that to happen? What if childbirth has prevented some things from happening? Then it means that I don't love you. And it will, the devil will use that for you as a picture. To let you know that you are, not, you are not being loved. And make you unhappy in the marriage. And so, we will not be happy. Over. It's over. But if you are open, you see, because you change. Everybody is changing. Having to change the last few years. There are some things you used to believe that you don't believe now. Now you believe a different set of things. So if you are stuck up in the old whatever, this is my love language, this whatever, I mean, we are going to be in trouble. We are going to be in trouble. My love language is uh, what? What are some of the Quality time. Quality time is defined. What, what, what is quality time? Let me tell you something. One day I was with my wife. Okay? We were talking. And then she started crying. I said, oh, why? What is it? She said, we are not spending time together. I said, ah, but I've been here throughout the week. Then she said, for me, quality time is not, we are around. Let's pray together. Let's pray more together. Like if we do one hour, two hours of prayer, she's very happy. You see, she has, a, listen, she has allowed, <laughs> you are surprised. She has allowed her, her, Heart to fall in line with the will of God. So her, her affection is determined by the will of by the word of God, not by 
you are hanging around me. And then we, no, let's pray. Let's, is that not part of the purpose of God? Is prayer not? Let's pray. And what are we praying? We are praying for the church. Let's pray for the church together. That is quality. Like, like, let's spend time. Do you understand? She was crying. I said, hey, why are you crying? Said, let's pray. Hey! I said, ah, uh, it's powerful. And the other Yeah. What I'm trying to say is that let your heart be, like, let it align with God's will. It's easier. It will be easier for everybody than you defining some things. That you, you yourself, you don't know yourself. You, the lady, you don't know yourself. You, the guy, you don't know yourself. And you keep making definitions. If you do this for me, you do this for me, you do this for me, that means you love me. If you do this for me, we are going to be in trouble. It's stressful. We will not, we will not even remember what we should do again. But by the time we are doing point four, we are forgetting about point one. Yes, and that's what, that's what happened. You see, but moving along the lines of the love of God, the God kind of love, where I consider, I, it's almost everything. When I, I consider you, you also consider me. Yes, it's time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Does it make sense? Yeah. Yes. What is love? What is the God kind of love? It is kind. It's kind. And it is patient. Long suffering. And patient. It's actually, is it kind? It's kind, long suffering. No, it's patient, first of all. It's patient and, and kind. Then long suffering. There's a long suffering in something. Check it for me. First Corinthians 13, verse 4. If you allow this, it says love. This charity is not the lady called charity. It's, called, it's talking about love. The God kind of love. Okay? Love, God kind of love. Suffered. <laughs> It suffers long and is kind. When it is suffering, it is kind in the suffering. Do you understand? Yes. When it is suffering, it is kind in the suffering. Not wicked in the suffering. Not moody in the suffering. Not I'll retaliate. I'll do, I'll do you some. Do me, I'll do you. You are doing me, I'll do you some. No, it's not like that. It's, it love suffer. Is this the first one? This is a, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Love is not puffed up. You need to read this to understand it. When you read, the more you read, the more you understand it. And the more you understand, the more it's, it changes you and makes your life very different. You, are, you, are, you, are, you consider your spouse more. You consider your husband. You consider your wife. You consider your beloved more. You are not an overbearing beloved. I, I saw something happen in front of me some years ago. I said, hey, this thing is going to be very serious. Two beloveds we were having a problem. A boy and a girl, beloved, they were having a problem. And it came to me and my wife. So we called to solve it. As we were solving, we said that the guy should apologize to the lady. And the guy knelt down to apologize to the lady. And the lady was like this. As the guy was apologizing. I said, ah, this is not going to work. It's just time. And it's not working now. Yeah. How can you? You are not even married. We have to kneel down and apologize to you before you can accept I was shocked. Are you Jesus? That we should be kneeling down for you and apologizing. How many times have we prayed to Jesus like that? Kneeling down. That we should kneel down for you. When I said, I said, ah, this girl has a very long journey to go. And I was, I was telling the truth. Very long journey. She's still trying to navigate the journey. Hey. Hey. Wow. So you must allow the God kind of love hmm, to lead you. Yeah. 
It's kind. It's patient. King James says it is patient. Isn't it? King James. Let's look at King James. Charity, suffering long and is kind. Ah, amplified explains it. Yes. Let's amplify the amplified. Love endures long and is patient and kind as it is enduring long. So the person is doing something you don't like. He's breaking all your love languages. But your response is not, hey, you know I like going out every two weeks. It's been three months. You have not taken me out anywhere. I question your love for me. We are not going to be together anymore. Brother Sami is always taking me out even though we are not going. We are not beloveds. So now I'm leaving you to Slippery Sami. Sleep, you want Slippery Sami? He'll be slippery for you. You'll be surprised. Yeah. Love endures long and is patient and kind. It's patient and kind. Hmm? So show some kindness. Oh. Wow. wow. Do you know sex is kindness? Wow. Having sex with your husband in marriage. Hey. Hey. In marriage, oh, I, I, I'm not saying hey. Who said that? It's gone out. Oh, it's at the back. Sex in marriage, not outside marriage. It's benevolence, kindness. First Corinthians chapter seven. Chapter seven. Why am I talking about these things? We are close. Begin to speak a language. Of we are close. First Corinthians seven, verse four. Let's read from verse two. Two, yeah. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife. And let every woman have her own husband. Do you understand this verse? Slap your neighbor and ask, do you understand what, I, what we are saying? Instead of fornicating. Tell your neighbor, instead of fornicating. Just marry. Why? Just ah. marry and be free. Marry. So that you can avoid some things. Next verse. Now, when you marry, look at it. Let the husband render unto the wife due benevolence. Do you understand benevolence? Benevolence, okay, amplified. You can look for uh, um, uh, uh, dictionary meaning too. Look amplified. Verse 3. The husband should give to his wife her conjugal rights. Goodwill. The conjugal rights is goodwill. The sex in the marriage is goodwill. It is kindness. Eh? Kindness. What, and what is due her as his wife? And likewise the wife to her husband. It is kindness. So when the Bible says love is, love is patient and kind in marriage, it means that you must render due benevolence to your husband. Like, let us be happy. Message version. Okay, message verse 3. The marriage bed must be a place of mutuality. The husband seeking to satisfy his wife, the wife seeking to satisfy her husband. This is marriage. This is marriage. Are you in a church? Yes. Not you are sleeping and you have jeans. You have one jeans under. Under your, 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 your whatever. Your skirts. No entrance. Because something happened in the day. You are, you are not satisfying your love language so we are in trouble in the night 
When they touch you, you say, Who is that? It is an arm robber who has come to come at us. What do you mean? <laughs> Hallelujah. Have I answered your question? Yeah, so it's, it's love. Eh? The God kind of love is what makes it work. It's the best. And we, all, we must all have that in perspective. The wife must have that in perspective. The husband must have that in perspective. And all of us seek to make sure the other person enjoys us. Human beings can be enjoyed. Do you know a human being can be enjoyed? Not, I'm not talking about sex. I'm talking about enjoying the person's company, enjoying the person's fellowship, enjoying the person's presence. You can be enjoyed. Yes. Human beings. So make sure your wife enjoys you. And make sure your husband enjoys you. Like your presence or absence in the person's life is felt. Yes. Not when you leave, everybody's happy. When you leave, hey, hey, we are done. It's okay, thank God. It's not supposed to be like that. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Amen. Have you learned anything? Rise up on your feet and thank God for what I shared with you. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app, plug in and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless you.